You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. 1989 Stanley Cup champion Colin Patterson will join us. He was on the dad's, grandfather's, brother's mentor's trip of the Calgary Flames, which was very successful. Calling an inning with a 3-1 win over the Golden Knights in Vegas on Friday night. We'll talk to Patter at the bottom of the hour. But right now, to break down Super Wildcard Weekend, we got two games today. Our man, Charles Davis, NFL analyst for CBS Sports and the NFL Network, courtesy of Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Charles, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning to you guys. Very quickly, can you do me a favor? Sure. All right. I need two questions. I need two things. Well, actually, the one and the second is probably more statement. First thing, basement system studio. Yes. Please explain that one to me because I'm, it sounds kind of cool to me. It sounds subterranean. Yep. And I just got to know, did Lanny McDonald, Jerome McGinley, <laughs> did those guys come rolling in there and hang out? So that's my first thing. Well, they don't come in and hang out with us because we're deplorable, but like they do have basements. And Doug Lacey's Basement Systems is a company here in town that just specializes in all things basement tea. Whether you know you got cracks in your basement, they'll help you. If you got radon, which is a big problem, Charles, I don't know if you know. If you got radon, yep, yep, they'll get that yep, radon yep. out of there for you. They'll do all sorts of things. But I know basements aren't as popular down in the U.S. Everybody has a basement up here. Um, I don't know the reason, but yeah, we do. I, listen, I I grew up with a basement, guys. Listen, I'm mm-hmm. from New York State, mm. so basements were a way of life, okay? Yep. People had them. I think more the more northern clime that you live in in the States, the more likely you are to run into a basement community. It's just kind of the way it's built yep. and how houses are built and the whole deal. Vince Lombardi, that was his big entertainment spot after ball games when he's head coach of the Packers. His basement go down there and they turned into an entertainment spot. So that's the first one. The second one, I loved hearing about the Flames and, and that that weekend that they have with the dads and the, mm. and the relatives and the whole deal. The first time I saw that, did you guys ever see that documentary that they did on the, the, the Broad Street Bullies, the Flyers teams that won back-to-back titles with Bobby Clark and that mm-hmm. crew, yep. um, Dave Schultz and all that. They showed the fathers on the flight with the players during the playoffs and then the father celebrating and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was a really cool thing, so it's nice to know that it's spread all around the league. Um, Charles, how many, smoke, how many cigarettes were smoked in that basement of Vince Lombardi? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> How it didn't set on fire <laughs> is beyond anyone, right? Because that was a time frame where, you know, you had one in the hand, you had one in your mouth, and you were, and you were gesturing to someone to light you a third. Yeah. One of the great pictures, if you guys get a chance, you got to Google. Google Chuck Bednarik, the great linebacker for the Eagles. When they won the 1960 NFL championship over the Packers, you might remember it ended with a throw to Jim Taylor. But Narek makes a tackle, and then he lays and sits on Taylor until the clock ran out. And, and according to Lore, when the clock hit zeros, he said, you can get up now, Taylor. This game is over. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a great picture of him in the locker room with two cigarettes in his mouth. <laughs> and, we, and, and we just loved it. Anytime we had an Eagles game, I worked for producer Pete Macheska, and he just loved that photo. 
And anytime we had an Eagles game, somehow that photo would make it in about the last time the Eagles had won or this is Eagles, mm. you know, Lord, the whole deal. And the guys in the oh, truck yeah. would tell me later that, that Pete would go, all right. And Pete's from Jersey, so he had this great accent. All right, we're going with a double heater. Double heater right now. <laughs> the stogie and the cigarette is a, a combo lost to the lost to time. You don't see that one so much anymore. <laughs> the double heater. And yeah. I'll end with this. You go to NFL films, and they have great pictures up on their walls of the guys in the past. And, you know, back then, guys actually advertised cigarettes. Chesterfield, it's good for you. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and they would be in full uniform advertising cigarettes people thought it was okay to do that and the whole deal the pictures of the greats of the past with cigarettes and advertising you know i mean it's unbelievable um mike nolan's father dick nolan was a great player for the giants there's him with the chester field and you know right on down the line so when you see those photos and len dawson at the super bowl cup and a cigarette it had a cigarette and a sprite at halftime of the super bowl against the packers you know let's face it Training was a little bit different back in the day than it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles, we're, we're all in the afterglow of that uh, beatdown of the Dallas Cowboys at home by Jordan Love <laughs> and the Green Bay Packers. And I wow. kind of wanted to, to share something with you. I know on social media, everybody was making the Mike McCarthy jokes and the Bill Belichick thing, right. and I get all of that. But the Packers roasted Dan Quinn's defense, and Dak Prescott yeah. looked out of sorts, kind of made some bad throws some bad decision makings. Probably Mike McCarthy will be the fall guy for all of this, but he's not the only one to blame in that debacle yesterday, right? No, no, they all shared in it. They all shared in, and I give Dak credit. I think you guys may have seen his press conference and he was like, I think the question came about Mike. And he said, if you're blaming Mike, you got to blame me. You know, Dak Prescott stepping forward as the quarterback, as the, as the face of, of, of the team. And it's, it's an old school thing. I talked about this with someone the other day that quarterbacks have such pride when they become a starter in the league that if there was a young quarterback that would skip press conferences or not face the media after a loss, I, 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 the rest of the quarterbacks in the league would, would get on him. Their fraternity, there, there's, a, there's a code that goes along with being QB1. And and to this day, it's still being honored. And to me, yesterday was another another example of Dak doing that. Now, obviously, they all played poorly, himself included. But he wasn't going to let his coach just hang out there without saying, "Hold up a minute! If you're going to do that, you got to put that back here. Like we play, okay? You can get on the coach all you want. And and real quick, guys, I went and did a little info, a little little uh, little, little research today. A little okay? sleuthing, Jason Garrett. Yeah, how about that? Oh, I love that sleuthing. That 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 break takes me back to my Hardy Boys book. The two sleuths <laughs> went in search of clues. Yes, sir. And, and, and remember, whenever they get together with their friends, the friends weren't a friends group; they were chums. Yeah. Oh God, I miss those days. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Jason Garrett obviously is doing TV now, and we see the whole thing. And he was the previous coach before McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Jason had ten years. He went eighty-five and sixty-seven, two and three in the playoffs. Okay, so Jason was like one of theirs, so it might be different. But guys, his first full season, he went eight and eight, second eight and eight, third eight and eight. His breakthrough was a twelve and four year. They went one and one in the playoffs. Then they they fell to four and twelve the next year, back to thirteen and three, zero and one in the playoffs, nine and seven, ten and six, one and one in the playoffs, eight and eight fired. Dave Campo, fifteen and thirty three. Okay. 
The coaches under Jimmy Johnson, I mean, under Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, both won Super Bowls. Chan Gailey, two years. Dave Campo, three years. Bill Parcells, four years. Wade Phillips, four years. Jason Garrett, 10. Mike McCarthy, this is his fourth. The only reason I bring up all of this is that in the past, Jerry has been somewhat patient with coaches, right? Because after Switzer, no one won a Super Bowl. <laughs> we know that, right? So somewhat patient along the way. Parcells left of his own accord after four. All this putting in there, I think his instinct is not to fire Mike McCarthy. I think his instinct is much mm. more, how do we find a way to get better and get there? But tell me what you guys think of this. Human nature, when, you, when you've been embarrassed, is a different animal than when you just absorb a loss. And yesterday was embarrassing right. for them. When you're embarrassed, you tend to lash out more. You tend to be harsher in what you do. You tend to be more strident in, in what you're thinking. He handled it great after the game. I had someone text me, and they're like, hey, will Jerry leave early from this one? I was like, not a chance. Jerry does the press conference, win, lose, or draw. Okay, he's going to do his own TV. He, he can't avoid that. That's who he is. And he handled it great yesterday. What he's doing behind the scenes? Eh. Now, I think Dan Quinn is still a candidate to be a head coach somewhere. Guys, remember Kyle Shanahan took the 49ers job right after the Super Bowl of 28-3. to So you want to win the press conference, but sometimes <laughs> you're not going in off the perfect game. But I think someone's going to hire Dan Quinn. The tough part is coming off of this game, some smart, some smart Alex is going to mention 28-3, but that doesn't mean he won't be a good head coach. Yesterday was just a collapse of epic proportions as you pointed out, all across the board. Yeah, they were showing Jerry Jones more than Taylor Swift on a Chiefs broadcast. Uh, I did want to ask you. <laughs> hey, and, and you're really not tongue-in-cheek. You're no, really not. No, I mean, I'm not. They, they really did. Yeah, well, we all wanted to see it. I would have paid extra for just a, a straight camera of the suite for the entire game. Or maybe a, like a, a, a view of his phone screen. You who's want, calling you, you him? Wanted, you wanted a Jerry cast? Yes, I did. Jerry cast, did yeah. You? The Mannings are great. Own channel, one camera on that booth. Yeah. And, and, and God, have we all been in this position before? Mm-hmm. Whether you were the, the, the focal point, right? You were the boss or the person, the central person, or you were one of the people around the boss and you can't escape. And you're trying to figure out what is going to break the tension and how. And, and those pictures of him with his two sons, with Steve, and they're just sitting there like, oh, we got nothing. We got nothing. <laughs> I mean, I felt for him in a lot of ways. I was like, oh, I've been in that spot. That is not fun. And a lot of people felt a different way for a lot of ways as well. Uh, I wanted to ask you oh, about yeah, Jordan. A lot of people rejoicing, rejoicing. What yeah, did we no. learn about Jordan Love yesterday? And maybe even this Packers offensive line that basically snuffed out Micah Parsons. Yeah, and, and you know, they had their troubles early. You remember there was like a three-play sequence where there were three holds or or grabs all on Parsons. And then after that, things kind of settled in, didn't they? They have a good offensive line. They don't have their complete offensive line. But Elton Jenkins, when he's healthy, is a very good player. And he struggled early with Parsons and then settled in and right on down the line. The other part is, look, this last eight ball games, the Packers went 6-2 and two with Jordan Love as a quarterback. He also threw 18 touchdown passes and one interception in those last eight ball games. So now we're going into the playoffs. Can we continue on the biggest stage? Uh, yeah. And by the way, the last two incompletions he threw in the game, if he doesn't throw those two incompletions, 
he sets a new record for quarterback rating in the playoffs. As it is, he ends up like third or whatever it is. He is playing at that level to where Packers, their front office fans, oh, well, we've got our quarterback. So now he goes, now, we can't put him in the Favre-Rogers line yet, but the Packers are going Favre-Rogers-Love with no break in quarterbacks, which is unbelievable in the NFL, right? You guys know how, how difficult mm-hmm. that is. And that's where they are. So they are a team now that in the quarterback sweepstakes, their scouts can stand down on that one now, folks. We got other people to, to investigate. And now they get to go to San Francisco and play the same way that they played against Dallas. Mm-hmm. House money, guys. Hmm. No one expects them to go to San Francisco and win. So go loose, go play. And if somehow you get San Francisco to tighten up early as Dallas did, maybe you got a chance to spring a second one. But this has been an uber successful season for them. Matt LaFleur is a head coach doing it without Aaron Rodgers. You get the whole idea. Brian Gutekunst is the GM. Everyone is feeling the exact same thing. We made the playoffs. Jordan Love, you know, played really well, and we did it without Aaron Rodgers. Life is good in Titletown, USA. Which lackluster performance surprised you more? Uh, what we saw in Cleveland with Miles Garrett or Micah Parsons in Dallas? Cleveland. Cleveland, much more so Cleveland because Miles is healthy again. Remember, he had that rib injury, and, and, and he struggled for a while. I think he went like five games without a sack. But as he got healthier, the pressures were still coming. And our crew did that Houston-Cleveland game on New Year's Eve just a few weeks ago. And it was a different ball game in terms of the big plays happened for Cleveland. They didn't run it very well, but they didn't have to because Flacco was bombing with, with Amari Cooper. And the defense took control of that ball game. So, yeah, I think much more that one because I know Laramie Tunsil is a terrific player, but I just thought the way Cleveland has played all year long, the ability to move Miles Garrett just like you move Micah Parsons, find the fish, as they say, for the matchup and go get them. I just thought Cleveland's defense would play a heck of a lot better. Charles Davis, NFL analyst, CBS Sports, NFL Network, joining us courtesy of Tom's House of Pizza. Um, Charles, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into this. When I watched that Dolphins and Chiefs game on Saturday night, I felt like the Dolphins wanted no part of being out there, and they just couldn't wait to get back on the plane. <laughs> yeah. I always struggle with that one, only, be, only because... And it I get like it. I'm they're really professionals, and they want to win a Super Bowl, but no. just their body language, Charles, it's like, get me the hell out of this yeah. freezer. Well, hey, listen, I was, I was sitting at home with heat, and I was, and I was like, "There's no way I'd be there." Like, <laughs> this is one of those ones. This, 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 this falls under the old. Oh, you'd have to pay me to be there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going as a fan. I'm not going as observer. If someone calls it, hey man, I got, a, I got tickets to a suite for this game. Nope, because yeah. I got to go outside <laughs> to get to the suite. So that's not happening. No, I mean, no shot unless I was broadcasting a game and getting paid for it. Here's the thing for me with the Dolphins more than anything, and I think I've been very consistent with this, and we've talked about it. The Dolphins are a fast-break team. They're not equipped yet to slug it out when it's, when it's, not, when it's a half-court game. Okay? Mm-hmm. If, if you're doing what – was, what's that great defense in, in hockey they had for a while? People for the center, center – The trap. Center ice lock. Yep. Right? That trap. Okay. That's really what they're not equipped for. Anything like that where you're slogging it is not them. My quick theory is if you think about the NFL, all right, 
preseason we know is an absolute waste of time in terms of people playing that we're going to watch play, right? Those guys aren't playing. So essentially preseason, even though the league's never going to say it, we're all smart enough to figure it out. As preseason is your first four games of the year that count because you're still working through stuff. Guys are playing for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. You remember when the Dolphins put 70 on Denver? Yep. Do you know what week that was? That was week three. Yep. Okay. Offense is getting ahead of them. Defense couldn't keep up. The explosion was happening. People hadn't adjusted to the motion that they were doing. All the different things that were going on. The biggest games the Dolphins had, a lot of them happened early. And then as the season went on and people got to watch the tape, get prepared, better teams, all that, we saw things start to slow down. They'd have some success early, and then when people adjusted to the speed, wham up. And that's what I think is that's, – that's where the Dolphins are right now as far as I'm concerned. They've got some work to do in those areas. The building blocks are there. Some great pieces are there. You don't just throw everything out because they've got guys who can make plays and they can do those things, but they've got to find a way – to make that adjustment when it's not wide open stuff, fast breaking stuff. And I had, I didn't have a doubt in my mind what was going to happen in that ball game. And it played out. In fact, if you look at it, Miami got, was fortunate because Kansas city inside the red zone. At one point, I think they were like two for six scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then if they'd done their normal <laughs> in the red zone numbers, right. That game is well, out of, out of range for the Dolphins. So, yeah, you're right. And, and look, as, as the game mounted, everybody wanted to get the heck out of there. It, when I saw Mahomes' helmet crack, yeah. I would have been like, that's it. We're done here. <laughs> yeah. I'm through. And See ya. W- 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 what was more surprising? That the other helmet he was trying to put on was so ill-fitting. Like, don't, doesn't he have a better yeah. backup? Like, he was just trying to jam and, and that, that thing was, on his and, dome. And, that is one fantastic point. You just you just nailed what I know we all were thinking. Hold yeah. it a minute. If you have to have a backup for the radio system, right? Yeah. Shouldn't that helmet fit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean to me that that that's that's football. That's equipment 101. Patrick, here's your regular helmet. This is the one you wear. But you would think that you would wear the backup occasionally just to make sure you have it feeling right and the system works and the whole deal. They handed him one like, yeah, we put it in a system, but we sure as heck didn't expect you to wear it. Yeah. Like, I was just like, he can't even squeeze it on his head. Like, I didn't know what was happening. in that game. How, how great was the report? How great was the report from Kaylee Hardtug? Where she's like, and then they're taking padding out of one, and they're trying to put it in another, and then they're moving this over. <laughs> and she was all bundled was like, up. It's his yeah. backup. It's his backup helmet. It should fit. Yeah, like it's supposed to be just for him. It was crazy. There was one point in that broadcast where my girlfriend came out and was looking at the TV like, oh my goodness. And then it went to the reporter and she blinked and one of her eyelashes stuck together. So only one of her eyes was open and she was talking. And I was like, I don't know what we're doing here. I'm sorry. Uh (laughs) It was ridiculous. I I felt so bad. I felt so bad for I've been a sideline reporter before. I actually was a sideline reporter for a bowl game, um, the Independence Bowl that turned into a whiteout. Texas A&M and um, Mississippi State in Shreveport, in Louisiana. It turned into a total whiteout. And everything went crazy. Ended up doing the game from the booth, thank God, right? (laughs) But at the end of the game, I had to go back outside to interview people. And, I mean, snow everywhere. It was just a brutal, brutal thing. I remember thinking, boy, did I get lucky I didn't have to be out here all night. 
All those sideline reporters have to go through that, have to keep your face moving enough so that you can form words when they come to you to talk, and you know you're not doing it very often. Then, you know, if, if you're a woman and you got an eyelash and this happens, I actually talked to my eye doctor last year because a couple of years ago because we did that Buffalo-New England game that was minus whatever at kickoff in, in the playoffs. And I just told him how much trouble I have with my eyes all night. Like, it's hard to adjust and see. And he gave me some stuff, and he said, that's what happens with extreme cold. So mm-hmm. that's why the people who bought the ski goggles and all that were really smart, but the players couldn't play with them. Right. <laughs> I, just felt, I just felt bad for everyone concerned. I absolutely did. I just thought, this is crazy, right? Where'd they chip in ice from inside the suites because the suites were, had gotten so warm? But it was so cold outside that I didn't go in and chip it from I mean, it was just it's one of those nights where it just really wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. But of course it's football, so we play anyway. So I hope these guys are gonna be okay moving forward. Um, Charles, are the Detroit Lions officially America's second favorite team? They have been, I think, since hard knocks. Mm-hmm. When they did hard knocks. Because I think we talked about this. I, I everywhere I went that first season after hard knocks. I had more people tell me, hey, I'm a big Ravens fan, but I got to tell you, I really like those Lions. I mean, it just, it just became that sort of a deal. People kind of really leaned into to, to, to Cowboy Dan. They loved the stories there. Obviously, because they hadn't won, you become the lovable losers. All that kicks in, right? And now for Goff to do what he did last night, and, and, and how great was it? Okay, let's say you're not a Rams fan, right? You're just watching the game. That not only did Goff and the Lions find a way to win, but Goff threw the key pass on third down that sealed it. Yep. You know, and and after that game was over, to see he and Stafford embrace, to see Goff embrace McVay because he thinks McVay made a mistake, but he's not also carrying the grudge so hard that he's you know he's like, hey, we had some good, we had a good run there, we went to a Super Bowl again. Let's look at the, the good stuff. So he's carrying himself with class, but watching him and Stafford embrace all their ex-teammates on the other team. How weird was that after the ball game, right? Both of these quarterbacks came from the opposite teams. So after the game, they're renewing old acquaintances with the opposite Mm -hmm. teammates on the way out. But it was a heck of a game. I, I heard Stafford left him with a very classy message. It was really cool. But for Jared Goff, Stafford got his ring. For Jared Goff to be able to, hey, this got done against that guy, that team that rejected me. Pretty cool. And by the way, they're going to be the favorites in their next game. They get a home game. Yep. Okay. It doesn't matter whether it's Philadelphia or Tampa. One of them's coming to their place. You have to think the Lions are the favorite in that one. I'd be surprised if we're not talking about the Lions playing an NFC championship game. Is Nick Sirianni coaching for his job tonight? One wouldn't think so. I don't think that the, 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 the Jeffrey Lurie is built that way. But if something is going on with that team that – remember, we haven't identified what's going on, right? I mean, I'll be, I'm the first to say I have no idea. It's just weird, right? But if something internally is going on that he identifies that either the coach should be handling and isn't or that he won't be able to rectify, then, yeah, that could very well happen. It doesn't feel that way to me. But that po- that possibility remains out there because they're in such a tailspin. The only thing I've said that I stand by is if they knew what, exactly what was going on, they would have fixed it by now. And they haven't come close to fixing it. Hmm. Uh, what are you expecting from this snowball between the uh, the Bills and the Steelers 
this afternoon in Buffalo. <laughs> uh, the latest win, uh, weather report, Charles, 14-mile-an-hour winds up to 25-mile-an-hour winds. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of running the football. Does that actually help the Steelers yeah. in this? Because Najee Harris has done enough. a great job of running the football lately. Is, is, this, a, is this an advantage? Yeah. And, again, it's not like it's the Dolphins going to Buffalo, who I want no part of. Pittsburgh knows how yeah. to play in this weather. Mike Tomlin knows how to get his team ready for this weather. Is this kind of a blessing in disguise for the Steelers? It is. I, I wouldn't call it an advantage. I think it evens things out for them. It, it, it puts the game more in the realm that they're going to want to play it anyway. But the flip side of all of that is we know they're going to want to run it. Mason Rudolph, the best throws that he makes on a daily basis are deep fades and post routes. So this is bad for him with that type of weather. Because Mason's a bigger guy, but he's not a big arm guy. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Flip it over to Buffalo. That big horse playing quarterback has got a big arm, too. Yep. So he will look at 14 to 25-mile-an-hour wins and look in the locker room and go, just another day at the office, fellas. Let's go throw this thing around. That's how he, that's how he operates. Plus, he's going to run the football as the added runner. James Cook is now running it because Joe Brady took over the offense coordinator. And lo and behold, the running plays in their playbook are actually being used. And they're going to do that, so they're going to feel pretty good. Now, the difference is Najee Harris is a big plus-size man running the football in this kind of condition. James Cook's more of a scat back, not quite as big. Buffalo may wish they had that big 230-pound thumper today, but their 230-pound thumper is Josh Allen. So I feel like Buffalo is going to be okay in this one. Pittsburgh, they like the weather conditions. They like the way that the game should be played. I still think Buffalo wins this ball game because Josh Allen is is the ultimate equalizer. Even if he turns it over a couple of times, he ends up playing pretty well down the stretch. So I like Buffalo, but I think you're right. Pittsburgh loves the conditions because I think for them, it puts it back in the realm of how they want to play. But Buffalo has Josh Allen. That's a different deal. It absolutely is. Charles Davis, NFL analyst for CBS Sports and the NFL Network. Charles, terrific stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the games today. Look forward to it. You guys take care of yourselves. Charles Davis, courtesy of Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Colin Patterson next. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio. Flames have the night off. Fresh off a successful road trip where they traveled. Well, practice today. They had a day off yesterday. Pracky today. Game tomorrow. Yeah, we're talking about practice. Um, Flames will host the Arizona Coyotes tomorrow night in the first of six games down at Scotiabank Saddleham. Joining us on the line right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest line, 1989 Stanley Cup champion. He was on the dad's, grandfather's, brother's, Lanny? mentors. No, not Lanny. The guy who Lanny was arm wrestling on the broadcast, Mr. Colin Patterson. Patter, good morning. How are you? Morning, guys. How we doing? Um, what do you think yeah. of uh, Lanny's, the... Lanny's sleeping right now? Is he? Yeah, yeah keep it down. <laughs> Love it. Um, what did uh, what's what's your opinion that maybe you guys should be on the road all the time with the team with how they played? Oh, well, I wish we were. It was great. We had so much fun, and the guys played really well. It was, it, you know, it's really neat to be seeing the dads and, you know, the. Uh, what great guys they are. And, and, you know, we don't get to see the, 
the players a lot. So getting to meet the players was really neat for me too. So uh, and great kids, just great kids. Um, it's, it's, I don't know this. I, I imagine when you played, they didn't really kind of do this kind of stuff. Did, did you did you have some like uh, FOMO there, missing out that maybe you missed out on doing this? Because I don't think they did it when you played in the league. Am I wrong? No, they didn't. Yeah, no, you're right. They didn't do it. And I tell you what, my my dad would have loved it. All our dads would have loved it. You know, we had a lot of guys too that played together for you know eight to ten years probably. Uh, so. You know, I look at this, we went on a trip in 2020, uh, in January, just before the COVID issue came about. And there's only six guys remaining from that team. So, you know, you look at it and you go, the dads, you know, you have that connection and then the game changes. I, that's why I said to them, I said, enjoy it for what it is because you never know when the next trip's going to be or what's going to happen on the next trip when you're with a different team or anything can happen. There were a lot of dads that kind of went front and center for this trip. You think of uh, Par Backland, uh, Jacob Markstrom's brother, whose name escapes me right now. But, of course, we we got to talk about Rusty, the Texas Tiger. Uh, tell us a little bit about him. He was all over the broadcast on the dad's trip. What is Rusty like, Rusty Coleman? Rusty Coleman is a great guy. Uh, you know, I had the pleasure of sitting with him at dinner, and then, you know, obviously it's throughout the trip, but he's a great guy. You know, it's interesting to hear their story of how, you know, uh, they got into hockey and how Blake got in. You know, it was because the Stars moved from uh, Minnesota down to Dallas, you know. Uh, Blake becomes, you know, enthralled in hockey to get him in. Rusty was more of a, you know, football, basketball, baseball guy, so had to learn the game. So, but a great guy, fun man, and just a real, real treat to be with. Were there, how many dads were asking you and Lanny questions about 89 or, or your playing days rather than focusing on what their kids were doing on the ice? Yeah, it's surprisingly, you know, none of them really focused on, you know, asking us what their kids are doing on the ice, what they should be doing better, or anything like that, which is good. You know what? But all of them, you know, they were all the same. You know, they were asking us about 89, about, you know, the careers and that. And obviously, you know, knowing Lanny a little more. Uh, but it was really interesting, the, the stuff they were asking about, you know, the, the teamwork, you know, and the guys you played with and guys you played against, all those things. And uh, it was uh, really neat, too, to see how they, they want their kids to work hard. You know, it's not like, hey, it's easy street. They want their kids to give an effort and, and work as hard as they can in the games. It's, it's no different than any team you ever played on and parents on that team. You know, they want their kids to, to do well, to succeed, and to work hard as a team. Um, Colin, you're obviously, uh, you do a great job with the alumni. You're very close uh, to the organization. Just talk about how the, the, the vibe, the energy around the team has changed from last season. Obviously, a new general manager and probably more importantly, a new coach behind the bench. Just talk about the feeling around the organization compared to last year. Yeah, I think there's, well, I think it's changed a lot, as you just mentioned, you know, with the coach, with the GM. And that allows you to, you know, set a new standard of what you want your culture to be. And you know what? That culture is really good now. I go, I, I saw smiles on guys' faces where I haven't seen them in previous years. So that's a real plus because like anything, you know, if you're going to work and you're not having fun, um, then it's not, it's really tough to go to work. And 
when you're playing in the game and the NHL, you need to have fun too. That's got to be a mix into it. You know, it's a profession. You got to win. Uh, everybody knows that, but you, you have to have fun along the way because that helps you win. Colin, where was the 2020 trip? Where did you guys go? Uh, boy, we went to uh, Chicago and Minnesota. Went to Minnesota first and then Chicago. Yeah. All right. So Arizona and Vegas is a little bit different. Tell us about the off day in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, it was great. Uh, needless to say, I wasn't phoning home bragging about the temperature. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, for Vegas and for Phoenix, it was a little chilly, but I wasn't saying that to my wife. Uh, you know, it's minus 36 here. But it was great. You know, guys had a chance to do what everyone do. We went to the rink at an optional skate. And then we went to talk golf with everybody. And it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, so the dads and the sons are teaming up playing as other dads and sons. It, it was really good. And, you know, top golf is great because you don't have to be the best golfer to play. But uh, one, of the, one of the neat stories of it is, uh, you know, Jordan Osterley brought his grandpa because his parents were on a cruise. His grandpa Don is 87. And he was a pistol. He was a great guy. So he goes, said, you know, you're going to hit the ball up top golf. Nah, nah, nah. You know. And then he gets up there and puts on a clinic. <laughs> but, but no, it was fun. So then after that, you know, the, the dads and, and the son sort of, you know, went their separate ways to go to dinner. And, and Lanny and I had nice romantic dinner. And then we uh, ended nice. up on the town. You know? <laughs> did you, uh, did, you play, great, did you play a little blackjack, a little slots? What's going on, Pat? Chuck some dice? Right? What are you I, doing over there? Watch I, a big wheel spin? Well, yeah, that's the wheel spin. I got into, we got into Vegas and, uh, you know, checking in the hotel and um, very nice hotels that they stay in now. And, uh, you know, I got floor number 17, room 1717. No way. No way. Burn gold, number 17, just yeah. got a hat trick. I won number 17 in Buffalo. It was like the light was shining in my room from the heavens above saying, go put money on 17 on the roulette table. So we wheel down and I, I you know, slap 40 bucks on the roulette table on number 17 and they look at me and I go, oh, you know, you're supposed to buy the coins or whatever, the tokens, I don't know. It's a $50 minimum. Oh. <laughs> so I have to beg through my pocket to find another 10 bucks, throw it on, wheel things, I'm just going, this is, a, it's an omen, it's an obvious omen. Comes up 29. I was like, I'm done betting for the week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> but the guys. Yeah, one were number. That's it. Yeah, one number, and that was it. Yeah. It, it's so, I mean, it's so neat being down there. And it's, uh, you know, the guys had a great time. Uh, that was the important part was the dads had a really good time. Players played exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were pretty prepared for the games, you know, although, you know, lots of fun and games away from it when the game time came. They're ready to go. You know, you don't want to be a distraction for them. Um, you want to help them, and uh, they played very, very well. Uh, 1989 Stanley Cup champion Colin Patterson joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose, 960 to fan. How much confidence do those guys have in Jacob Markstrom right now, Patter? A lot. You know, and I didn't realize he was the number two goalie in the family, so that, that probably, you know, <laughs> so he's fighting to get back to that number one spot in the family. Uh, yeah, they have a lot of confidence, and he's playing very, very well, which is great. One of the things that we've seen over the last little bit is just they're able to roll their lines, and 
I think that's one of the things that, you know, this team doesn't necessarily have the guy that's going to put them over the top, but they've got a lot of good guys that can go out and play. And, and one of the guys that kind of leads the way is Michael Backlund. Just a thought on what you're seeing from the captain this year and, and maybe what you saw as a, a leader on this dad's trip as well. Yeah, I think, you know, he is a leader and he, you know, he's confident about his game. He's working hard. Um, he's making sure that, you know, people are involved. What you need to do as a captain, where it's all about inclusion of everybody. And it, he's just playing a great game. He's always played a strong game, you know. But now without, the, you know, the, the big-name players maybe scoring a lot in previous years, you know, who maybe, you know, he was overshadowed by now. He is, you know, front and center and helping this team. As you said, you know, they don't have that one guy who's going to go out and, you know, be the game breaker. They've got a lot of guys who can be, you know, by they play as a team. Uh, they don't play as a team, they're not winning, right? But if they play as a team, they're very effective and everybody's chipping in there, everybody's contributing. What's it like playing with a guy that's red hot like Blake Coleman? Like, did you ever have someone who just, whenever you put the puck on their stick, it wound up in the net somehow, and at that point, the the goal is to just get it to said player? Yeah, and you know what? I was fortunate to play with a lot of guys like that because it sure wasn't me. Um, but it's, <laughs> it, oh, it's great because you know that when, when you get the puck to the guy that there's going to be an opportunity either for him to score, there's going to be a rebound, or something good's going to happen. And you know what? Sometimes you, you don't know why that's happening, and sometimes it's best not to know. But you, you, when, you know, when that does happen, you just feed off it. And it just and it mounts. You know? So that, that lends into you know, snowball starts rolling, and other lines are picking up, and other players are, are playing better. And I, you know, I look at their penalty kill right now, and they've got a ton of shorthanded goals. And it's great to see. Um, Pat, I wanted to ask you, um, before I let you go, um, our Brent Cron, our uh, Big Show Flames analyst, said you're a big Bills fan. Are you nervous for today's game? Do you like the fact that it was got moved to this afternoon? Uh, the snow is flying in Buffalo right now. You obviously played for the Sabres. Like, how, how, how jacked up are you for today's game against the Steelers? I'm jacked up. Uh, there's no question. I, I was really happy it got delayed, to be honest with you, because... I was a little tired yesterday. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, because we got in the morning. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to, I had this uh, superheroes hockey that we, we support and we help out in that uh, it started at 8.30 in the morning, goes 8.30 at 10.30 on Sunday. Uh, I'm here. It's not a good excuse to miss if you're here. Um, if I was away, maybe it would have been. But uh, So I got up for that, and I got home, and I said, well, I'm a little tired. And if I had to watch the game yesterday, it wouldn't have been as um, as good. So now I'm, I've got a good night rest, and I'm, I'm fired up for it. Got my chicken wing hat ready. Got my gear ready. Nice. Zumba pants, my Jim Kelly jersey. I've got this uh, Billy Buffalo blow-up thing that my son bought me for Christmas. So uh, we're, we're ready to go today. Uh, I love it. Uh, does it feel like this is their best chance to get to the Super Bowl in a long time? I really do. Um, I think that... You know, in previous years, uh, last couple of years, it's there's been an expectation that they'll be there, and this year there isn't one. They've sort of, you know, ham and egg their way, which is good. And now they just they just need to play smart, you know, football. As you watched the football yesterday, last couple of days, you know, it's not making the big huge play. It's not making the play where you're turning the ball over. If they can stay away from the turnovers. I think they're going to have a, 
a really successful game. And they'll probably be going crazy. You know, just seeing people go there and shovel the, the stadium out. I mean, that's Buffalo to a T. You know, everybody's helping out. Everybody's doing whatever they can for the Bills. Uh, Colin Patterson, Flames alumni, 1989 Stanley Cup champion. Uh, Patter, great stuff. Best of luck to your Buffalo Bills today. Thanks for this. Oh, thank you, guys. I mean, as I said, it'll be it'll be fireworks tonight out of the Martin Luther of the Bills win. All right. <laughs> okay. Love it. Thanks, pal. There he is on the Bye. Atlas Pizza Bye, and guys. Sports Bar uh, guest hotline, jacked up for his Buffalo Bills. Has his Zubaz pants on. Now he's That's got Buffalo. He's, Buffalo. He basically explained the Derek Wills model. Yeah. Yeah. Of Except all the gear. The blow up was different. That was new. Yeah. Um, I think Buffalo is is a is a team that a lot of people would like to see win a Super Bowl just based on wow. the fans' reaction in yeah. Buffalo. I think that would be cool to see. Like you, you know, want to talk of... about a fan base that has eaten you know what for years mm-hmm. and years and years mm-hmm. and to finally break through. Bills Lions Super Bowl, could you imagine? Lake Erie Bowl. You'd be able to feel like you're really helped, especially if you were one of those people that cleared the stadium for the game today. Like yeah. you're like, I contributed. Like, where's my ring? This would be a good yeah. year for them to win it. Listen, you paid me twenty bucks an hour to come yeah. shovel the. Uh... Couldn't have played that game without me. <laughs> yeah, How about I was a it? big part of that. Right here. I don't know what size of what finger you... I am or what the size typically is, but ring size. What What would it take for you to go shovel out a stadium? More than twenty bucks. Probably more than twenty bucks an hour. Hmm. It kind of depends on what else I had to do. Is it an hour? Or they just pay straight paying them twenty bucks. Twenty bucks an hour. Okay, it's an hour. Okay, that's yeah, that's better, I guess, but. Because it's going to take you. No, at but least I mean, like, hours. you love your team so much, you're willing to go shovel out the stadium. Yeah. It's not about the money; it's about your love and devotion of the Buffalo Bills. Hey, if if I have tickets and my I need to go, and if this is the best chance to make this game happen, yeah, I'm probably shoveling if I have tickets for that thing. Probably not. Like, if the Cavs needed the oh, the, don't go there. We could have had a cool I know. game. Don't I go know. there. Should have been there. <laughs> why? Why can't? Why can't Nashville come up? Orlando, sorry, come up here and. March. It's a good home field advantage. Concacaf don't like it, I guess. Yeah. Ask Mexico how it was at Commonwealth. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, we're, we're, we're totally fine to be playing on the dirt pitches down in Guatemala, but you can't remove some lines from McMahon, but sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Maddie's like, yeah, soccer talk. Hot soccer talk to end the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I'm again, <laughs> today's a great day to work World from Cup home. this year? Uh, no, Euro. No, oh, Euro's the summer. Do, then I don't care. <laughs> Euro's no, bigger than the World Cup. Yeah, Euro's better because it's, it's, it's harder to win the Euro than it is the oh, World yeah. Cup because there's better teams. Cavalry playing? No. Nope. Not yet. So nope. Then I don't care. Or the Stamps. Um, so today's a great day to work from home. <laughs> yes. You have a hockey that gets going at 11 a.m., which is awesome. 10 a.m. if you're in Vancouver. Which is even better. That's hilarious. Because we have a huge audience there. I know. I'm just yeah. saying, if there's Canuck fans we, out we, there. I'm, I'm not being yeah. totally facetious. No, there are Canuck fans out there. There are Vancouver 10 fans. Guys. Like 10 a.m. start. You got, or out in Vancouver, but 11 a.m. here. Yeah. And uh, you have a football game at 2.30, Bills and Steelers. Mm-hmm. And then the Monday nighter tonight, uh, the Eagles at Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. That's super fun. And there's a loaded hockey slate. Get your fantasy hockey lineups in. As soon as possible, so you don't miss the dead Ex- deadline. The cutoff extremely important. We're locking in an important. hour here, guys. Our Absolutely. lineup is set. Don't worry about it, George. We're good. Yeah. Okay. I I have uh, full uh, trust in you. I'm just the president. <laughs> I'm just the president of the team. Yeah. You You're get the to, general you, manager. You get to the hold coach. the cup before me. But yeah, it's fine. Like they hand it to me, but you essentially run the team, and I just like <laughs> nod my head, and uh, I paid, and I just paid the fee. That's it. Fourteen and zero to start the season. Yeah, I know. We're four. Don't throw it out in the universe. Let's keep that win streak going. <laughs> what do you got coming up in Mucho Big Show? 
Uh, GVP and I are going to discuss the uh, seven Canadian teams, and I got a burning question for each what, of them. What do you call it, though? Whoa, Canada. Yeah, That's my oh. favorite. Um, GVP, I want to get your thoughts really quick on my take that uh, neither the Canucks nor the Jets will make it out of the second round of the Stanley Cup oh, playoffs. Out of the second? I thought it was the first you said at first. No, he said get to the conference final. Yeah, I said get I to thought, the conference final. I thought I heard final. both. Well, well, no. you, know, you don't listen. What do you mean I don't listen? <laughs> Well, you weren't listening. You got the yeah, fact. I said get the they won't wrong. get to the conference final. Your thoughts? Um, <laughs> I, I feel like conference final is kind of like hedging your bets a little bit. I feel, I feel like it'd be a hotter take if it was they didn't get out of the first round. So okay. I, I, I could see I could see either of those happening. Yeah, it's pretty hard to get to the conference final. It is very hard. Like first you have to make the playoffs, and then you have to win the first round, and then you have to win another one, uh-huh. and then you get to the conference final. Those are the number one and two teams in the league right now. That's why I said that. Yeah, but I'm still not a believer. Hard. I'm not a believer in the Jets at all. Florida guys, the you conference more of a finals believer in Winnipeg, Winnipeg or Vancouver? Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver. Oh, because I don't. Of, I hate that I said that so fast. Yeah. I think it's actually more of a toss yeah. up. I don't know. Quinn Hughes and again, like Thatcher Demko is great, but Connor Hellebuck's really good too. Mm-hmm. But uh, something about Vancouver and their ability to score. Plus, they have Nikita Zadorov, who I would never count out. Right. Although Morrissey's great. Russian Shifley's a good player. Kyle Connor, when he gets healthy, he's great. Yeah, the high end, you can't argue with that high end talent in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Four yeah. dudes with 50 points. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Patrick Demko's a Vezina Trophy finalist. That's crazy. I will say I think this. that Winnipeg has a little bit more offense down the lineup than I will I think say this. Yeah, Winnipeg is a better depth. They can roll four lines. I will than say Vancouver. This. Dream matchup if you're a Flames fan, a wild card, the Jets or the Canucks in round one. Sign me up today. I just worry about getting goalied again like Jake Ottinger did. But maybe those teams can get goalied. That's a good point by you. Yep. Like, I, I said it after that Dallas series. Markstrom was the second best goalie in the first round that entire year, but no one cared because Jake Ottinger was yeah. unbelievable. That's what I'm saying. Sign me up. And then Markstrom couldn't stop a beach ball against Edmonton. It was dope. It was Flames really cool. Flames against the Jets or Canucks in round one. Sign me up. Mm. Take that right now. All day, every day. And I give the uh, the Flames a puncher's chance of winning that series. Yeah, I wouldn't list them as a favorite in any no, stretch. But they wouldn't be, but they and would they have shouldn't an opportunity. be. Opportunity, yeah, absolutely, they would have a chance. All right, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcatcher. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Stay tuned for uh, Mucho Big Show with Patrick and GVP. Have a terrific day and stay warm out there. And probably work from home is your best bet. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.